Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky, and disturbing children's books, films, and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday. My co-host is Adam Wybray. Today we're talking about the 2022 film Wendell and Wild. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Evening, Adam. Good evening, Ren. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm okay. I feel like a bit of a slug a bit, to be honest. Um, my teacher training's ongoing, and I am working hard. Um, although nowadays teachers just seem to use that chat GP chat. What's it called? Chat GPD <laughs> chat. That open AI chat bot to do all their work for them. Oh yeah. Yeah, they just. Yeah, I probably shouldn't be be saying the teachers are probably horrified if they listen to this podcast. Being like, no, the secret's out. <laughs> yeah, I've just been using them to like make lesson plans and things, and I can't really bring myself to do that. I feel too guilty. What? Um, wow. I, I yeah, I can't bring myself to outsource. You know, and I feel like I've established quite a kind of fun, casual relationship with with chatbots. To be honest, like. You know, I can't expect them to do too much work for me now because they know what I'm like, you know, you joke around. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not the kind of relationship we have. Yeah, you're not their boss. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't think they'd take to it, take to it too nicely if like, I started, you know, making them labour, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um... You know, maybe the occasional therapy session, but apart from that... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm quite tired. How about you? Uh, I'm also quite tired, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I keep falling asleep on my yoga mat, um, which is basically the floor. Um, but it, it, just slightly, slightly more cushioned. Uh, <laughs> is it while holding some impressive yoga position, though? <laughs> um, no, no. I, I'd, okay. fall, I'd fall on my face. Yeah, why? Well, I'm glad that's not yeah. happening. Um, yeah, I doing yoga on my yoga mat and sleeping on my yoga mat are two separate activities. That oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I I did think you were wearing yourself out doing yoga and falling asleep. No, no, they're just a. It's a dual purpose mat. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, like it's good you've got enough space because I guess I've only ever done yoga on the Wii Fit mat and I couldn't really sleep on that. <laughs> It'd probably tell me off. Like, Boy, you're lazy. <laughs> you're not meant to be falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm into. I'm doing Ring Fit Adventure now. Yeah. What? What's that? It's for the Switch. It's the fitness fitness like RPG for the Switch. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, it's quite good. It's quite good. It makes but... you do a lot of squats. Um, oh gosh! Well, are you squatting down on like 
Mario enemies or something to kill them. Like, how does it work? I mean, yeah, you, you, you're Goombas. fighting, you're fighting little little squishy enemies through through squatting. I, you don't <laughs> like sit on them. It just oh, what? It's not like Wario. And <laughs> you you squat and then it it punches them in the head. Oh, um, yeah. Um. But. See, now I'm imagining a Wario fitness game. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I'd find that quite motivational, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we, yeah. We, 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 let's try to wake up, because we're talking about a great film with a lot of plot. <laughs> so much plot. Okay, uh, we're talking about Wendell and Wilde um, today, which is a stop-motion uh children's or young adult horror film that uh, came out just last year in uh, October 2022 and uh, was directed by Henry Selleck of Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline and co-written by Selleck and Jordan Peele of Key and Peele and Get Out and lots of things. He's he's a pretty big deal. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I think we both enjoyed this film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Nightmare Before Christmas, as I'm sure I've said lots of times before, was my favourite film as a child. And mm. Coraline is in my top ten films of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very fond of Peel, especially the Key and Peel sketch show as well. So um, mm. it was a fair shoe-in that I would enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Peel and um, well, Key and Peel both both star in the film as uh, Wendell and Wilde. Um Although, I don't know if the... Did you think that the film's name was... Uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought it could... <laughs> it could have been called something else. They're not really the main characters. They're uh, not really the main characters. They're just little trickster figures, really. Yeah. Um, like, it, it could have been called The Hell Maiden, for example. Yes. Because um, it does focus on The Hell Maiden... Yeah. Um, rather, but, rather more, but mm. I guess Wendell and Wilde are kind of, I can't imagine much merchandise if any's come out of this, but, you know, mm. um, if this had been released, say, 15 years ago, they would have been the merchandisable characters. Oh, yeah. You could imagine their little bendy action figures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the main fil- the film's main character is Cat uh, Elliot, uh, played by Lyric Ross. Um, and... Uh, it starts at a a celebration at a brewery. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's a um, it's a root beer brewery. <laughs> but oh, uh, I didn't get that impression from the film. But um, no, <laughs> um, in the in the town of of Rossbank, and uh, it's a young cat and her parents, and her father raises a toast and says, "More beer, less prisons," um, uh, which is a a theme that we'll come back to. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'd say that that's a motto for the film. If <laughs> yeah. Um, they they drive they drive home from this uh, celebration, and uh, young cat is uh, surprised by a two headed worm in her candy apple. Uh, screams, and the car veers off a bridge and plunges into the river, um, leaving cat as the only survivor. Um, I wrote in my notes as I was watching this, why am I still surprised that the parents are killed off like, after <laughs> consuming so much children's horror? It's um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, 
that, that, that, that's true. You've got to love a plucky orphan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, they... Um, and and very off. similar to the start, in a sense, of Selick's James the Giant Peach. Mm. Obviously, he didn't write that. Um, and neither did P.O. It was rolled out, but... Um, yeah, we, we we start with. Oh yeah, James and the Giant Peach. Now that that was the Selick that that was that I loved as a kid. Oh, um, was it? Yeah, yeah, I watched that one a lot. Um, and that's um, actually closer in style to Wendell and Wild, I'd say, because it's got yeah. that kind of bricolage of lots of different animation styles, mm. which you get here as well. Yeah. Like um. when I was a kid, I found. I mean, I watched James and the Giant Peach on a ferry, um, <laughs> on quite rocky seas. So yeah, that's that's not ideal. Cinema, in a sense, mm, it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's a pretty spiky and lurchy kind of film. <laughs> that's they're really good words for James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and he definitely got some real sharp angles here, like Selick's mm. cubist influences, which you can trace right back to his early career we talked about. Did we talk about Slow Bob in the Lower Dimensions before? Yes, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I thought I really loved that. And um, mm. those kind of jagged angles um, mm-hmm. are back for Wendell and Wilde. Yeah. Um, um, which is, is great. I'm really, uh, I'm really glad you did... Uh, Another horror, uh, horror thing. Um, oh yeah, yeah especially because <laughs> the like the ubiquity of the kind of SoCal animation style now, where everything mm-hmm. has to look kind of round and kind of round and peachy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's really nice <laughs> to see something that does not look at all like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, apart from there's a cute little lamb, I guess that doesn't. Like <laughs> there is, there is a fleece. Not a lamb, a goat, a goat, a goat, a goat that looks quite lamb-like. Mm. Yeah, such a, a um a, a little felt goat. <laughs> yeah, um, but yes, it's very jaggedy, um, and <laughs> I did see some reviews. Um, not disliking that, but I think that's that's oh. for the best, uh, you know. Oh yeah, you know I lo- I love that, and it, and visually yeah. it pushes the grotesquerie in places. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get on to that. Yeah. So, so uh, okay. After um um uh, well, after cats um. Yeah, after Cat's parents die, we get this uh, stop motion sequence introducing uh, the Scream Fair, which is the the sort of underworld uh, fairground tormenting the souls of the danged, (laughs) Um, which is uh, ruled over by uh, enormous buffalo Belzer. um, And uh, Wendell and Wilde are his tiny sons who are being punished by having to work in his hair, um, <laughs> rejuvenating it with uh, squirts of hair cream from their kind of hair cream dispensing wagon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, there's some really kind of loopy non-logic. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm going to describe. Yeah, and as we mentioned, that there, there's a lot of plot. There is, I think, most people agree, too much plot to this film. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm just going to explain it, and we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> um, I just want to say how much I love the visual of of the kind of scream fair. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah, like like they have these sort of spectral paper dolls. Mm. I think I actually made a metal while I was looking on Wikipedia. Um, uh-huh. And it said um, that they were, I think, made from from tin um, mm. and then coated, um, coated with silicon. Oh. Huh. Yeah, but uh, they managed to look, like, really wavy and wibbly and... Mm. Yeah, they're, they're just a kind of really great child's vision of tormented souls, basically. Yeah. But also, like, with arms waving in the air as they're screaming <laughs> on these fairground rides. So yeah. you could be having a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There I got on these chairplanes and roller coasters. Um, it's a great sequence. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, enormous uh, bells are just sort of watching over them. Um yeah, we return to Kat. It's kind of five or six years later, and she's uh, 16 and has been in trouble with the police, but is getting a new start at the girls' school uh, where she li- used to live with her parents in Rustbank. Um, they drive through the town, and it's kind of grim and shut down with flyers for Clax Corp everywhere. Um, and Kat sees the kind of... the. Uh, skeleton of the parents brewery and that's uh, where she learns that it was burned down um she, she gets to school and is kind of immediately sort of tries uh siobhan tries to befriend her with her peppy crew and her and her little goat um but but cat tries to you know keep her distance from everyone and she's um, and, and I, I have to say um because my second placement for teacher training has has been at um, a <laughs> prestigious uh, boarding <laughs> school, um, which is a really interesting experience. Like, not necessarily where I would choose to work, um, but it's mm. interesting. And I have to say that the Peppy crew are quite like some of the students there. <laughs> um, like, they're kind of, they're quite wholesome, really. And yeah, they're, they're, into their wellness culture and their yoga and their ethical causes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, they they, 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 they probably generally <laughs> are a good sign for the future, but uh, are also a little <laughs> overwhelming, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Cat's <laughs> uh, uh, more of the, uh, the goth uh, type. She's wearing big stompy boots and listening to X-ray specs, uh, which are... Oh, yeah, there's like... Free X-ray specs. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this film is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you've got to um, introduce X-ray specs to uh, to the youth. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really great. Um, that has a really good sort of largely Afropunk soundtrack. Um, mm. And I didn't know all of it, but yeah, X-ray specs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she she also encounters um, Raoul, um, uh, who's not who's not Peppy, but it, it was is kind of watching from. Um, from the tower of the building and uh, uh, accidentally knocks a knocks a brick off and 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 cat sort of 
notices or sees this, sees the future and uh, manages to push Siobhan out of the way. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, uh, Raul is, uh, we learn to be a trans boy um, and he's sort of trying to, he's sort of kind of trying to befriend her a bit, but she tells him that bad things happen to people I'm close to and kind of pushes him away. Um, we uh, get a, a lesson with a nun called Sister Helly and a, a mimic octopus. Um, and Kat receives a mark on her hand in the shape of a kind of skull with sort of skeleton jaw. Yeah, um, and, and I'll say that the mimic octopus like is just a little wonder of animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's gorgeous. Like it kind of recalls Selick's work on the Wes Anderson film. Oh yeah, uh, the Life Aquatic, which isn't is a, a mess that film, but Henry <laughs> Selick did the animation for the underwater sea creatures in it. Ah. Um, so, yeah, it reminded me of that. And, um, yeah, the animation of this mimic octopus is, is wonderful. Like, it's uh, just really sort of fluid, transformative animation. Like, it metamorphizes in a really convincing way into really interesting shapes. And it's just really, really satisfying to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's like the opposite of a kind of jerky stop motion kind of thing like doing a animating an octopus yeah yeah i mean there's there's a whole bunch of just virtuoso animation in this. <laughs> yeah um, like um. like 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 it's really worth i really just want to stress for anyone who's interested in animation that they should watch this film because mm, there are bits mm-hmm. of like fluid camera work combined with stop motion that i like I, my law jaw literally dropped parts of this <laughs> yeah i was gawping at the screen at some of the animation yeah um, yeah some of it is is pretty unthinkable frankly <laughs> um so it, i don't know it makes me a bit sad that it's probably largely got overlooked a bit because i think you kind of need to think a little bit about the craft to really get quite yeah. how astonishing some of it is yeah <laughs> um yeah, uh, the curse. Of, the curse of the animator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when when this when Cat gets this this skull on her hand, uh, Sister Helly tells her not to tell anyone. And uh, in in the underworld, Wendell and Wild get a notification that they've received a Hell Maiden. Um, and this notification is delivered by a bear's <laughs> bubble. <laughs> by bear, bears above <laughs> bears above which i think is gonna be can we do our texture of the week okay yeah yeah okay right can you, i've got can you do some drumming yeah 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 okay right texture <laughs> that was my, my my best attempt at drumming with a pen on a phone. That um, sound great to me. Cool. I've lost the pen lid now. Ah, oh, well, you know, <laughs> the casualty of art. <laughs> um, okay, right, yeah, texture of the week. So, yeah, yeah so, so this... <laughs> 
cares about is like <laughs> this. I don't. I, I mean, it, on some level, it's a bear because yeah. you sort of see it as as this sort of old-fashioned, loppy-headed, big triangle head bear. You know, like one of those slightly awkwardly stuffed old bears. Mm. Um, but it also seems to. I don't know, like move through dimensions in the form of one of those little capsule toys. Like, (laughs) when you go to a supermarket and a little kid's pestering you for a, well, my my stepson's pestering for a toy, and you've got like those those little, often like gummy toys or little sticky toys or plastic models of SpongeBob in a a plastic capsule that comes out of like a gumball machine. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it it seems to communicate in the form of one of these, which floats through the air and contains like pink goop or goo, <laughs> which spatters everywhere when it delivers its message. <laughs> yeah, with glowing eyes as well. With glowing eyes as well. Anyway, yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> I, I liked it a great deal. <laughs> um... It's a really cute uh, name as well. But yeah, oh, Bezabub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, missing a trick if there isn't much. You can have a Bezabub. Great. <laughs> um, I had quite a small texture. I just thought it was really oh. good. Um, <laughs> when when um, cat's being driven to the school through rust bank and it's uh, snowy and icy. And um, and the car kind of drives through an iced over puddle, and the ice cracks. Um, it's just I don't know. It just I just thought that's a really good texture. Um, it spoke to me because it's been very icy and cold here, and I have cycled through some iced over puddles. Um, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I can picture the bit you mean, and it is a film that, however densely packed with plot, does take the time to focus in on some some smaller textures. Mm. Like this film is a riot of textures. Like yeah. it is an incredibly tactile film, and like visually, it's quite overwhelming. In in some ways, it reminded me of a child friendly version of Mad God, which was Paul Tibbetts. A stop motion film from last year, right. um, which I'd really recommend. Although it's definitely not suitable for kids, it's a sort of descent into a kind of Dante's Inferno, um, mm. and it's basically just sort of stop motion monsters uh, mm-hmm. doing various grisly things, um, and it's incredible, but visually very overwhelming. It's a lot, mm. um, and and this film is similar. There are times where I kind of paused it, and actually, I think it's. <laughs> that benefits being paused occasionally mm. um, because it, it just looks so incredible and there's there's so much just so many interesting kind of shapes and colour combinations um, and uh, design work mm. that yeah it, it really does benefit from you know it's not something you should be putting on casually in the background to be honest yeah I, I want to watch it again and kind of just just to look at it just mm. <laughs> Look at all the art. Yeah, yeah, made yeah. For no, me. I, feel, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to just sort of mm. <laughs> visual. It's quite. I find it quite quite overwhelming to put into words because there are just so many. So sort of, it, it's very kind of mixed media in some ways. Mm. Like has so many different materials and shapes and colours. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I found it very gratifying to watch in that sense and almost enjoyed it. The less I worried about the plot, kind of the more I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but back to the plot. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the head of the school, uh, Father Best, is is golfing with the the Claxons of Clax Corp, who are uh, Siobhan's parents, Peppy Siobhan's parents, um, and we learn that they've been trying to build a private prison in Rustbank for years. Um, Father Best, kind of insinuates that he could reveal that the Claxons set the fire at the brewery on purpose um, and they promptly crack him over the head with a golf club and throw his body yeah, in the river. Promptly. Very promptly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no compunction about that. Um, <laughs> uh, we learned that Raoul is an artist. He's working on a mural, a kind of Egyptian, ancient Egyptian-inspired mural. And um, and that his mum is a paralegal and she's investigating the the fire at the brewery. Um, I liked her. I wanted to spend more time with her actually. Yeah, you didn't didn't get a lot of her. She's yeah. Um, um, I do feel like this film would have benefited from being a mini series. Yeah, spend time with some of these characters a bit more. But at the same time, I recognise that would have pushed the production process to like probably over a decade or something because you know it's takes a long time (laughs) to make a film like this yeah yeah i mean like um yeah but it definitely oh it would have been so good if it like if it could have been like got the dark crystal treatment but uh, you know i don't know i i i appreciate that say henry sake's not getting any younger yeah (laughs) you know it's (laughs) Been been a long time since Coraline, so I was, I was just happy to have have a new yeah. Alex film. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Wendell and World visit Cat in her dreams and um, say that they'll bring her parents back from the dead if she does what they want. Oh, and they have really good smushy faces. <laughs> yeah. The, the, their faces are kind of like Mario's at the start of Mario sixty four when you can scratch <laughs> it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know about Mario 64, but yes, oh, okay. their, their faces are uh, <laughs> woobling. <laughs> um, um, Cat goes and steals Bearsabub um, from Sister Helly's desk. Um, and uh, Wendell and Wilde realise that their hair cream can bring creatures back from the dead. Um, in, a, in a plot twist that no one expected. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they, they they learn this from from ticks. There's, there's ticks in the in the hair, and um, and they're very squelchy. Um, yeah, yeah, they're wonderfully squelchy. A bit like the uh, the candy or chocolate bugs in Coraline. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting. Supernatural <laughs> reviving, like yeah, the, the you know the, you know, the, the hair cream that, that brings people back from the dead. That's yeah, yeah, 
Um, <laughs> so, um, um, it's, uh, the, the, the school kids attend, uh, Father Best's funeral and, uh, Cat, uh, commandeers Raul as her witness and goes to her parents' grave with Beelzebub, um, to, uh, summon Wendell and Wilde, but they end up being summoned to the wrong place, um, uh, and find, um, Father Best's kind of freshish corpse and, uh, and test the cream on him. Um, and he, he comes back to life, um, slightly alarming looking, um, <laughs> they, they, um, uh, uh, they, uh, paint his face, uh, um, to make him look more alive, question mark, um, and uh, demand payment uh, from him to uh, to make their dream fair. This is their goal, too. Yeah, which is quite a sweet goal. Like, <laughs> I've always said that if I won the lottery, um, anything I didn't, you know, give to friends or family or, or charity, I would I, I would probably spend on having some kind of ghost train built for me. To be honest. Yeah. So I I could I could respect this as a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're still, yeah, you still have the ghost train. Ghost train yeah, room. oh yeah, definitely. Um, mm. But yeah, it's quite, they're quite, they're quite charming demons, really, like, um... Hmm. Oh. Father Best says he has no, uh, no money, um, uh, and they, they threaten to just, uh, put him back in the ground, but, but he, he says that the Claxons will pay for their services. And, um, and he uh, he goes to he goes to the Claxons, um, who did kill him. Uh, remember, but um, <laughs> he goes back to them and tells them that these two demons can get the votes uh, they need uh, to. And they try to kill him again. To, yeah, to, to, to build their prison um, uh, by raising the dead council members. Um, uh, and the Claxons are like, yeah, it sounds great, but uh, if you raise anyone else in the cemetery, uh, we won't pay you. Yes, because uh, they were responsible for burning down the brewery, and they're very yeah. aware that if anyone else gets revived, they'll probably be one of the victims, and so reveal this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remembered another good texture. Um, oh, yeah? The, uh, the radiator in Cat's room. Oh. That kind of stretches and squeezes like an accordion. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's okay, it's a film that deserves texture interruptions. Mm. Um, Cat finds Wendell and Weld and they make her swear that they'll serve her for all eternity. And uh, her first job is uh, getting them falafel. Um, but while she's gone, they um, they make her all help them dig up the corpses of the old council members, and I think this is the first time I've seen I've seen like falafel in a children's film. <laughs> oh well, um, it should be should be more falafel. Yeah, um, it's a. No, I definitely a, think so. It's a tasty and convenient food. Exactly. No, I you know as I I do get where Wendell and Wild come from, like. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed pretty a pretty pretty sensible thing to ask her to do. To be honest, get the <laughs> laugh on. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. 
So yeah, I, I also really like the satire of these council members being revived. I, I think this is a good gag because I think younger generations, or certainly in America, have often seen op-eds and just general complaints about the fact that, say, Bill was on, you know, whether it was Brexit or, or climate change getting decided by now, now quite elderly baby boomers um, <laughs> who aren't necessarily going to live with the long-term consequences mm. of these decisions where younger generations um, want to choose far more progressive and generally sensible options. Mm. Um, so I quite like the idea that, that here the voting um, decisions um, to... Uh, create this this for profit prison are being taken not not just by uh, kind of geriatric politicians by <laughs> by literally dead ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a simple gag, but I, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. While Raoul was digging up these um, these uh, crumbling skeletons. Um, they, uh, Wendell and Wilde accidentally tell him that they're not going to raise Cat's parents after all. Um, so he steals the hair cream and does it himself. Um, meanwhile, yeah, pretty, Buffalo... Very bravely, I might add, because hmm. this is a character who's... Yeah. You know, yeah. being characterised as quite shy um, and reserved. Um, and so I think, you yeah, <laughs> know, very gutsy in doing this. <laughs> yeah, I like that role. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, Buffalo Bells, uh, his hair is starting to fall out and he realises that his uh, his errand sons are not up there replenishing his hair. Um, I kind of love how low stakes it is in the demon <laughs> underworld. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, you say low stakes. I mean, some people have pretty strong feelings about their hair. Well, yeah, and he clearly does. It's not he, low stakes. Yeah, low it's stakes not, for him. Yeah. Cat um, ends up um, going to her old house and um, finds her parents there in the basement. It's like playing records um, and uh, reunited. Um, and they tell her that her their deaths weren't her fault, um, which is you know, guilt she's been carrying around all this time. And and they persuade her to go and save Raoul, who's now in danger from the demons. Um, Sister Helly turns up, uh, confronts Cat and Raoul, and reveals she's also a Skull Maiden, and... Um, and takes Kat to Manberg, who is a character that I have edited out of my retelling of the plot because there is too much plot. Um, but he's he's just a guy who lives in the school basement. And yeah, I don't. Is he? The, I thought maybe he was the janitor, but then I started to think maybe he wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, he has fake feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he's just—he's just this guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's just this guy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he tries to exercise Cat, uh, but but Sister Helly says that they—they'll need two Hell Maidens to fight the demons. So uh, 
Manberg binds her and Kat together with blood. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of enjoyable, um, well, demonic ritual going on in this Catholic school. Like, yeah. I don't know, I think that's just quite, quietly quite provocative, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, did, we didn't mention it was, I don't know if we we did mention it's a Catholic school. But, um, but yes, there, there's a... Some, uh, very squat, pointy-nosed nuns uh, scuttling <laughs> around um, in the background. Um, the, the, dead, the dead council members invade the meeting and, and get the prison approved. And uh, Siobhan confronts her parents about the prison, um, which uh, is an interesting scene. It's the most uh, um, overtly kind of a most overt damning of of the the prisons, even though that they are very much the villains. But <laughs> in in this scene, Siobhan says uh, she you know she's figured out their their plot with the prison. She says you make a pile of money for every prisoner you take, so you pack them in like sardines, provide crap food, crap medical, dangerous conditions, and zero rehabilitation. And then her parents go. Oh, that's our business model exactly. Oh, well done. You're such a clever chap. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty great to see a, an American kids' film like <laughs> take very clear aim at private private prisons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, my my slight my is is a slight quibble is that I don't think state prisons are much better than private prisons, but <laughs> you know. Um, no, no, that's that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think private yeah. prisons, you know, manage like like yeah. I I, I can see what you mean. It's like like mm. how much. But it's like how much worse could this be? Oh, the, we found a way to make something even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a critique on a pro, pro prison, but it is. It does. It, I think it is critical of prison in general. So. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's it's nice to see a kids' film, and I think generally this is something that Leica as a studio have done well. Like we discussed it with Paranorman. Um, I know neither of us are as keen on Vox Trolls. Mm-hmm. Um. But certainly with Paranorman and with this film, um, and to a degree, Box Trolls, the kind of villains are more institutional than structural. Mm. Which is not to say that, you know, that the, 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 the two people who are making the money off the piss are evil. Um, but, but generally, I guess I tend to like things when they're kind of criticising lawful evil more than... Yeah. Than chaotic evil, just some guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, um, exactly, just some some guy who <laughs> who has their problems, I guess, and can be yeah. easily kind of boxed and othered as just some some weird deviant, rather than like something that actually is kind of seen as normal or approved of by society. I just think it's more interesting and useful for a film to do that, basically. Yeah. Um. Hmm. And I don't know, I feel like, you know, 
Disney has improved in in those regards, and you know there have been recent Disney films I like a lot. Like I thought Moana, genuinely very good, for instance. Mm-hmm. But historically, say Disney have tended to just have villains who are, you know, pathologically evil as individuals. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to see see a film that's not doing that so much or that generally it's looking further afield and looking at, you know, how this town has has struggled, not just how, how the main characters struggled. Hmm. Like, it's definitely a film that's about community as much as it's about cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, um, I was yeah, uh, I was surprised and... Um, impressed by this uh, um by the 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 villain plotline um and the the prison plotline um i like to see it um, <laughs> um yeah um on this there's some quite quite not gruesome just horrible um bits of animation when cats walking through the town, uh, which is now beset by the zombified old council members. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, they, they've broken into the houses and they're... <laughs> what were they up to? Just... Well, they're sort of living up in a kind of Edwardian way, basically. Yeah, they're, they're quite... Um, they, they look... Yeah, they do look quite um, kind of... Colonial. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. They look. They look like sort of representatives of the British Empire. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a bit bizarre, but I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. I thought that was. I quite quite enjoy, enjoyed these villainous colonial skeletons, like um, <laughs> trying to ride elephants and, and so on. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd. Um, yeah. Don't know why they're there. Whatever. <laughs> One of them lurches through the window and has a mouthful of maggots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, Sister Hello makes a cat face up to her past and kind of about how she ended up in uh, jail or juvenile jail, I guess. Um, Kids jail. Kids jail, yeah, uh, kids jail that exists because we're good at society. Um, yeah, um, she confronts like, a monster, kind of of her own creation, kind of made of all her trauma and shame, and kind of, and then, and sort of struggles with it, and then says, "I'm in control of my life now, not you," and kind of embraces at the end, this kind of embodiment of her memories. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, and realises that she can see the future. I, I think this is one of the odd little uh, embellishments of plot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, she can see the future um, a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just kind of there. <laughs> Yeah, there are some aspects of the plot that you wonder if they existed in previous drafts. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> there are uh, little bits that aren't really fully integrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, like, as I said before we started recording, the worm having two heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worm yeah, that... that scares her in the car and causes her to scream. Yeah, you're kind of going through the whole film going, is that, why Why did that have two heads? You never learn, <laughs> you never learn why that had two no. heads. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, a two-headed worm is cool. Yeah, yeah. There aren't any other, like, uh, unusual creatures in the film, though. Um, so, no, there's not, like, a little squadron of two-headed worms or anything. No. The goat I don't think has the normal number the... of limbs and appendages. Well, what is the collective group name for worms? Because I bet it's, it's... I'm sure it's not squadron. I'll look. Okay, it's, um, it's either, it's worth it, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they can be called a clue, a clat, a bed, a wriggle, a squirm, a knot, or just a bunch of worms. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. A squirm of worms. Squ- yeah, yeah. A squirm yeah. of worms. Yeah, yeah. A legitimate scientific name, Squirm of Worms. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Wendell and Wilde and Father Best uh, kidnap Cat's parents. Um, Siobhan sort of tries to find Cat to warn her about um, her parents' plans, and Cat uh, finds Wendell and Wilde just as they're about to uh, put her parents back in the ground and... Uh, and uh, she and her fellow hell maiden, uh, Sister Helly, capture Wendell and Wild. Um, Siobhan tells Father Best that her parents only paid him in their own invented currency, uh, Clax dollars or something. So, um, so he should try and help them, help them stop, stop them as well. Um, then Belza, uh, Buffalo Belza breaks through the ground. Um, um, they all try and escape on a, on a hearse. Um, but, uh, Belza kind of confronts Wendell and Wild and, um, <laughs> and, uh, sees Raoul's mural and it, it makes him think about his lost children. Um, and man, and Manberg reveals that he has all of, <laughs> Belza's lost, <laughs> lost demon children in jars because he's been getting Sister Helly to collect them. I, who knows? Um, he's literally just kept them on jars, like yeah, in the cellar basement. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that that's the 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 most jumbled bit of plot, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I like that they try, you know, try to give Raoul like something to do, like that he's an artist, but uh, it is uh, not really developed, and then just kind of <laughs> uh, <laughs> snuck in there at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, mean, this I think is, this is why I say it, it would have worked better, sadly, as a as a mini series. Yeah. 
Because that's exactly the kind of thing <laughs> that you could sprinkle through a bunch of episodes, having mm. Raoul work on his art. Yeah. I don't know if it's maybe partly because they didn't want him to just be like the trans character. Sorry. Um, uh. Yeah, I mean, in a way, his role is kind of similar, actually, to YB's in Coraline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's very much second fiddle, but, you know, a likeable character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So the 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 hair cream dilemma is resolved. Yeah, the hair cream doesn't doesn't last in uh, in reviving people from the dead. Um, um, oh, yeah. So, um, but uh, and Kat's parents um, tell her that that she should use the last last bit of magic in the in the hair cream tube to to save Russ Bank. Um, so Raul, Raul uh, runs off um, to, to raise a, a dead brewery worker to act as a witness. Um, the Claxons. I think it only the... really just occurred to me that this hair cream is really is instrumental to the plot. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like the ultimate MacGuffin. This hair yeah. cream. Like... Yeah. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a film which so much rests on hair cream. The Claxons uh, have their bulldozers ready to go at Rust Bank and uh, they're driven driven by the, the dead council members. <laughs> um, but uh, our assorted heroes uh, stop them um, in the uh, action sequence at the end oh a frickin', uh, a frickin epic actually it's, it's very good yeah <laughs> um, oh, i don't always go in for an action sequence but this is an action <laughs> sequence for the ages is really enjoyable yeah it's very fun um and uh yeah the 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 uh the claxons are arrested with the help of the uh the risen witnesses who we see for about a split second. <laughs> yeah. Bless them. Here they Thanks, are, right? Guys. Off they go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and Kat shows her parents the the future of Rust Bank uh, before they die again, sort of with her with her future power. And um and Wendell and Wild show show Kat the uh, the animated paper cutout of their new theme park, which is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. it's really lovely. They've done yeah. a good job. Yeah, um, and Cat uh, at the end has has reconciled with her her trauma and her guilt, and she says, "I was supposed to hate myself for the rest of my life, but now I don't have to." Um, yeah, and <laughs> that's the yeah, film. I don't know if that made any sense to who haven't seen it, but um... <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I've said before in this podcast I don't care that much about plot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing with, with with Peel as a writer is he has a lot of ideas, a lot of really interesting ideas. Mm. And I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be the first person to say that in terms of 
his feature-length films, Get Out is the only one where all those ideas really hold together. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although I think Get Out is so strong, then, you know, he kind of set, he set himself a high bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But, in a way, I've kind of enjoyed, I mean, I really loved Us. Yeah, Us instance, was, and- was good. Us was uh, uh, terrifying. But... Us is astonishing, and while uh, I think Nope is a slightly more awkward film because it's it's kind of weird to do a kind of Amblin style fancy sci-fi film, which is inherently criticizing spectacle. I haven't like, seen Nope yet. It's really interesting, but like it's kind of a critique of spectacle culture, like <laughs> in the style of an Amblin entertainment film. Okay. Which is inherently quite a weird thing to try to do, I would suggest. <laughs> yeah. Um, which which means it's really fascinating, but possibly slightly more interesting to think and talk about than actually watch, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, very odd. Um, but yeah, it the criticisms of the plot are probably right. Mm-hmm. I just don't care that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't care. I, it's, um, it's, it's messy, but I, I just, it's just so good to look at. Um, oh, it's so good to look at. Like, yeah, it's just relentlessly gorgeous. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, vi- vi- visually, um, yeah, like like vi- visually, it's one of my favourite things I've ever watched. I think mm. so. You know, <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I can, I think it, it, I can see it adding to the, um, to the canon of children's horror. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there are going to be some kids who who grow up with this, and it's going to mean a lot to them actually. Hmm. Like. It's a very different film to Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. Um, but I think in terms of creating creating parallel world that you can really lose yourself in and really believe in, I think it does just as good a job. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's, yeah, it's um, impressive that it did that. In, in the kind of setting of this kind of run-down industrial town. Yeah. Yeah, that is really impressive. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it managed... So I remember reading an article uh, some years back when I, I, was, I was teaching Burton for auteur studies just really because I wanted to kind of make the point that Selick's films often get mistaken for Burton's. <laughs> and, and you know, is it all just really about marketing, why we consider Burton author but not Selick? Um, but I remember mm-hmm. reading an article um, from Writer of Colour. I, I can't remember who, I'm afraid to say, but I remember her sort of saying how like she loved Burton films when she was really young and then kind of as she got older sort of started to recognise like just how white they were and was sort of finding it kind of sad that there weren't really 
any kind of kooky Burton style films with black main characters. Yeah. Or non white main characters, full stop. And yeah, you know, that's. Mm. I feel like Selick's always maybe been a little bit less limited in his cultural influences than Burton, who I think's quite rigid in the stuff that influences mm. him that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Selick's always been a bit more open in terms of his artistic influences. Like, you know, his style varies a lot more, especially if you look at the kind of stuff he was making as a student. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good thing. I I just think it's a good film, and I do hope that it gets it gets watched by more people. Hmm. Because yeah. So much gets released on Netflix, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it deserves it deserves eyeballs. It deserves many eyeballs on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to admire it <laughs> um, yeah right mm. do you want to do the credits yeah um, so our intro music is by Maki Yamazaki our outro music is by Joe Kenny um, I'll put links to their band camps in um, in the show notes uh, artworks by Natty Wilson um, you can email us at stillascaredpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, Have you checked our emails recently? I am relatively recently, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I haven't actually since the last uh, since the last uh, um, episode came out. So I, I should, I should do that. Yeah. Yeah, quick, quick! Anyone listening to this? Quick email before before Ren <laughs> gets around to checking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I should do like a live email check. What in in, in the credits, like right now? What? <laughs> that you don't need. No, you don't need. Because then, if we don't have any, it's just going to be disappointing. And sad. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, is that is that left for me to sign off? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> bye, creepy kids. Don't be a wriggle of worms. Mm. <laughs> or, or a squadron of worms, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, don't be a squadron <laughs> of worms. <laughs> See you later, creepy kids. <laughs> bye. Bye.